Angus sat back in the chair and heard the wood creak as he nestled in. He pulled the wooden blanket over his lap and looked into the fireplace, entranced by the flames dancing against the charred darkness in the backdrop. It was autumn, which meant that colder weather was coming. He glanced out the window into the night and saw the limbs of an old oak whip in the brisk winds. His grandson, Alistair, ran into his field of vision from around the chair. Grandpa, I don't want to eat the greens. The mention of dinner made Angus pat his stomach once, as if to honor the lamb stew his wife had cooked. What did your grandma say? <sighs> grandma said to eat the greens or Swanee Bean will get you tonight. The boy replied. Angus felt his jaw tighten for a moment at the mention of Bean. A flash of memory and horror. <coughs> then eat your greens, lad. Grandpa? Who's Sonny Bean? I'd ask Grandpa, but she wouldn't talk about it. Said I was too young. Angus looked at the ten-year-old boy. Was he too young? Should he know the truth? There were only a few left alive who witnessed it all, and Angus was the last that he knew of. He motioned for Alistair to get closer, casting a glance back towards the kitchen. His wife was busy in there. Maybe she wouldn't hear. I don't think you're too young. Come close, and I'll tell you who the beans were. The boy's eyes lit up, realizing that his grandfather was about to share with him some story. Some secret. Alistair moved in closer. He's talking and I'm not and I'm just... <laughs> and then I'm talking... <laughs> no, but wait, wait! I have something for him! Boom! Shut down. Now you're just fucking me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm just wondering why all these people like kids. The Weird History and Eerie Tales Podcast. Concentrate on the loop. That's what we do. Wow. <laughs> FYI, there's nothing wrong with like It was some 30 years ago. A little more than that. The coast was a lot different then. Fewer people. For most of my childhood, we knew something was wrong. Something evil. You could feel it in the winds coming off the shore sometimes. People living along the coast or driving through along the western road disappeared. Disappeared? The boy asked in a low voice. Low enough so that his grandmother could not hear. Yes, no trace of them was found either. The Shavers and S sent out parties searching, but we never found the men, their horses, or any trace of them. People got nervous. We're not talking just a handful of missing people. The numbers were tens, then dozens, eventually hundreds. What happened to them? What happened indeed, laddie? We didn't know. Not knowing made things worse. Now then, a fisherman will find a human limb on the coast. They had country marks on the bones. Someone had cut off the arms and legs of some of the missing people and tossed them into the sea. The mention of arms and legs drew the boy closer. His eyes grew even wider. Was it Sonny Bean? Angus paused and narrowed his gaze on the boy. Do you want to hear the story or not? Angus nodded nervously. All right then, 
We didn't know where these had come from. Spies were hired, and odd men were set posing as traveling merchants, hoping to rule out whoever was behind the disappearances. None of them ever encountered anything out of the ordinary. Some searched the coastline, hoping to spot out anything or anyone. They never found anything of use. Rumors mostly. Whoever was behind of all the disappearances was good at hiding themselves. Suspicious turned to the innkeepers. Some innkeepers were known to rob their victims. You've heard your grandma say you cannot trust innkeepers, haven't you lot? Words spread in the air. That maybe some of the innkeepers had killed the people they were robbing. But grandpa, where were the bodies? And and why were there arms and legs in the sea? The boy pressed, and almost a whisper. We thought they buried the bodies far away from the ends. Or we couldn't find them, and for the arms and legs, we didn't know what to make of that. Some of the men, they took things to their own hands. Men in mobs, water with beer and whiskey, all dangerous combination lad, remember that. Some of the locals, not me or my pa, went out and find the innkeeper suspected of the crimes. They hung him high, swinging in the wind. And, and that didn't stop the disappearances, did it? No. Those innkeepers may have been guilty of other crimes, but they were not behind the missing people. The people still went missing. Everyone in the Galloway knew someone who had been lost. I lost a friend, Peter Hare. He went to go fishing on the coast near the Girvan, then off to meet with some relatives there, but never arrived. People began to leave. Some said we were cursed, others said there were monsters or demons roaming the lands. All of them had fear. Many packed up and left. If they knew what was behind it all, they could prepare. But it was not knowing that was what got to them. He ate at them, gnawed at them every day and night. The memory of Peter Hare suddenly made Angus feel old. The loss of the boy had taken something from him, personally. He drew a long, deep sigh, pulling up the blanket an inch higher on his chest. Did, did they find out who was doing it? Yes. There was a fair at Giran. Everyone was there. There was safety in numbers. One of the men, Foster Kennedy, he left with his wife Agnes. Everyone liked his branch of family lot, not like some of those inland Kennedys. They rode out from the fair on the horseback. They were almost to the western road where they were ambushed. Ambush? Sonny Beam and his family. His name was Alexander, but he was called Sonny. We learned later that he came from East Lothian, a foul man at best, a demon at worst. The woman folks say he was spawn of the seed of Satan himself. They were wearing clothing that was filthy. There was a pack of them there that night. They surrounded the poor Kennedys, armed with knives and swords, and Foster struck at them like a storm. They pulled his poor wife Agnes down off his horse, but Foster fought back. He fired his pistol, winging one of the savages, slashing at several of them with the sword. He wheeled his horse into them, riding two of them down. How many were there? Alistair asked. 
his eyes transfixed on Angus's face. We think about a dozen, maybe more. Bean's woman, his wife, his fucking daughters. They tore into poor Agnes. They ripped her at her throat. And Foster said he saw the woman lapping at her bloody like thirsty fucking dogs. They gutted her right there. Terry entered her like a lamb at the butcher's fucking hand. Foster fought them back hard like a hero. They would have gotten him too. But a bunch of us came from the fed and heard the gunshot and the screaming. We came up at them, and the pack of beasts fell back into the fucking shadows. We gave them chase, but in the woods at night? Well, we realized we might be playing into their hands. These were creatures of darkness at night. I came back with the others to where the ambush had taken place. We saw what they had done to poor sweet Agnes Kennedy. They had torn out her entrails and had gnashed at her throat. Blood was everywhere. He paused for a moment and caught himself staring off past his grandson into the fire. For a fleeting second, he was not in his home. He was a young boy back there on that night of horror. Did you... did you catch some, Grandpa? Alistair's voice stirred Angus back to the present. Not that night. A party of men took Foster to Glasgow to the Magistrate. There had been talk of taking him to the Sheriff's in Air, but there was fear that the band of killers was so large it would require the kind of might that only officials in Glasgow could muster. The pack of killers roamed the coastal road, no point in giving them another chance at murder. They sent for the king, Jamie the Sixth himself. We came home hunkered down. I remember my own father getting his rifle out and making sure his powder was dry. We'd seen enough of the beans to know it was going to take many men to track and capture them. Did the king come? Angus then flashed. A thin smile. That he did. It was the only time I had seen royalty in my own two eyes. His Highness came with 400 mounted men, packs of bloodhounds, and a desire to put this entire matter to an end once and for all. My father allowed me to come, to carry forage. He knew that this was something that you could only get to see once in a lifetime. Foster Kennedy came and showed his majesty where his beloved had been slain and described the events. Parties of 30 men each were sent out looking for these unholy curs, scouring the countryside. But there was no sign of the beans. Where'd they go? We didn't know. My grandpa and I were part of the group looking along the shoreline, but we found nothing. For two weeks we looked. 
You would have thought that there would have been a lodge or a farm where these beasts lived, but we could not find a trace of them. Some of the men thought of them as fairies or demons. I heard a talk in our party that the king might call out to search, and those of us from Girvan feared would be left to face their evil designs, whatever they were. We were down on the coast of Benin Head, when word came from the party to the north that the hounds had come across something. We ran and rode there to the head, and saw the other search parties arriving as well. There was howling coming from the rock face. There, in the head was a crack in the ground. A cave. If the thigh had been up, we'd have missed it entirely. The water would have blocked off access to the entrance. King Jamie was there too. The word we got was that they had passed the cave, but the hounds had gone to the cave yelping and howling. The king wanted to make sure he had enough men, before ordering his troops into the hellhole. I know that cave. Is it haunted? I cannot speak to that. I will tell you that I went there once. That day, if you had seen what I had seen, we'll never go into such a place again. What you see, Grandpa? I saw the soldiers enter. He wondered whether they had been swallowed by darkness. They were in there for so long. Some of the men thought they may have been killed. Then they started coming out. The Bean family. Filthy and sticking like blood and shit. We saw them all. Men, women, and children. There wasn't a familiar face among them. Strangers by choice, that's what they were. The children were about your age. As it turns out, the beans had never been to our villages or towns. They had been living in the squalor in that dank hole of theirs. Sonny came out last, the father of them all. A beast of a man, hunched over, his hair down to his shoulders and rattled up like a nest of vipers. His face was gaunt. He had dark circles under his eyes. They chained him up quick. He looked old, but you could see that he moved like a snake. I remember feeling the chill when his eyes came my way. He may not have been much, but I knew he was a killer, as sure as the sun rises. His Highness ordered that we all go into the cave. He said that he wanted us to see where they lived and what had become of the victims. I didn't understand then, but my father got us to follow into line and go into the cave. I saw one of the men coming out. He stopped on the rocks and threw up. I didn't understand until I went to the cave. You couldn't see in there. The smoke from the torches made the air sting at your eyes and throat. I had to squeeze through the cracks in the walls, wanting my way back behind the other men. We came into a large chamber, a hollow in the rock. What I saw still haunts me on the darkest of nights. What was it? What'd you see? He closed his eyes for a moment. I could still see the images etched into his memory. First thing I saw was their plunder. Men were digging into it, all over the floor. Coins, gold and silver, piles of them, clothes, wrap of woolen, gentlemen's swords with gilded basket guards, pistols and rifles tossed about as if they had no value. This was what the beans had taken from their victims. Then, I saw their harvest along the walls. Legs and arms hanging on hooks, sticking to the stone. Some were blackened from drying out. They... He paused, suddenly questioning whether his grandson was old enough to hear what horrors he had seen. They... They were limbs of men, women, and children. They were hanging them to eat? Cannibals, that's what those bastards were. There were several barrels of brine where they were pickling human parts. 
We found crocs sealed with wax, filled with the parts of the victims. Sonny and his clan had butchered those they found. That was why we never found them. No one survived our meeting with these hellhounds. The only time we ever found evidence of them was when the land went bad and he tossed it into the sea. How could they eat people? They were not human beings. They were monsters, straight out of hell. We came back to the entrance and there was a man that was not shaken by what they had seen. Some called for justice right then and there. Better than like witches at the stake. King Jamie said no. He wanted the rest of the realm to know what had happened. To see the fate of such men. His majesty ordered the remains of those poor souls brought out to sand and bury. With the religious service. Did Sonny Bean talk? What? Why did they do it? The guard was strung around them. Out of fear that someone who had lost a loved one by his wretched hand might take revenge. I will tell you that there was talk of it. Despite of the king's orders. I didn't speak much to him. One of the guards said they overheard the king interrogate him. He told me that the Sonny's family had inbred. He had fathered his own grandchildren. The brothers and sisters had bred in that cave of theirs, raising children that were cursed. That horde was a product of unholy incest. It'll be like you and your sister getting married, wrong in the eyes of men and God alike. Alistair winced at the suggestion. Angus reached out and put his hand on his grandson's shoulder. The horrors of what took place in that cavern was something that was a blight on these beings. In the end, we guessed that nearly a thousand men, women and children had fallen to their bloody hands and were consumed in that black hole in Ben and Head. King Jamie sent out writers ahead of us to tell every community that we had caught these beasts. When we came to every town and village, the people came out to see these criminals. Most threw shit or rotten vegetables at them, spitting on them and casting rocks. The beans were not bent in the least. They cursed and spat back at the people that called on them to die. I didn't go, but my father did. He said it was nearly a riot in Glasgow when they came in. So many were the people crying for justice. If it had not been for his majesty himself ordering calm, the beans would have died there. Well, did he imprison them? No, he took them all to Edinburgh. They were locked away in the total booth there. It was obvious they had to be killed quickly. Lest the good people take matters into their own hands and torch the total booth. Usually such criminals will face trial. But these crimes were so great and involved so many, it was impossible to conceive a public trial of such fiends. Some wondered if the woman would be spared and whether the man would claim responsibility for the heinous deeds. The king declared them as enemies of mankind. There was not to be a trial, no chance for Sonny to poison the jury with his black words. Their executions were to be swift, and their entire matter put to rest once and for all. The next day he marched them down to the sands of Leaf, and Sonny and the men were staked there. His majesty had experience with such matters, having bled many a witch in his time. The men had their bravery parts cut off and tossed into the fires in front of them. Then they cut off their hands and tossed them into the fire. Finally, their feet were cut from them. From what my pa told me, the men were half awake as they saw their limbs burn. Father said that Sonny never flinched, never cried for mercy, but only bellowed curses at those who watched. 
They planted it on the sands of Leith. Finally, the inferno remains were torch, charred to nothing. The women folk repented, didn't they? No, they were defying harpies to the end. They cursed words that were still unrepeatable today to those of us there watching them. There was hope that some of the women would try and spare themselves, but they didn't. They couldn't. It was against their nature. What, what did they do to them? They set up three big stakes and tied the women and children to these. Priests were brought in to offer repentance, but none was taken. Fires were set, as though they were unholy witches. The flames consumed them, their screams filled the air and echoed as far back as Edinburgh. Or so it was said. The color drained from Alistair's face as Angus spoke. Even the children? He asked in a soft voice, just above a whisper. All but one. Also the story goes. One was spared? A girl, the youngest of the beans, barely able to walk. They would have bound her up with the others, but for one of the men, a man from Girvan named Alex McDougalus. My father heard him plead with the king that such a young girl, so innocent, could not have taken part in the crimes of her parents, and asked that she be spared. Apparently, the king consented, though nothing was said of this at the time. If any knew her true bloodline, they would seek revenge against her. So they knew were sworn to secrecy. McDougalus and his wife could have no children, and Lily, as he called her, was a blessing to them. So one was spared? There was a glimmer of hope in the boy's eyes. Angus licked his lips for a moment and thought to himself, Do I dare tell him the rest of the tale? Went from inside the kitchen. Angus's wife asks, What? He's telling Alistair. <coughs> Nothing, my love. Just a good ghost story. He looked back at his grandson. And the boy understood that this was a secret bond between them. Angus leaned forward so that his voice would not carry back to his wife. None of us knew about Lily or her secret at the time. The man from Girvan that had accompanied the king to Edinburgh swore to keep it from the rest of the community. The hope was that she would redeem her upbringing and bloodline. And for a while, that was the case. Lily grew up outside of town with the love of the McDougalluses, blossomed into a pretty lad. Then, then things changed. What happened to her? None of us know for sure. Some say that someone told her about her true parents. Others have said that her bloodline finally showed. As she grew older, her mind went. Most women married. But she wanted nothing to do with anyone outside her parents. Then came that plague just before you were born. Her parents were taken away from her by the fever, and with them went the last of her mind. It was just after you were born. Someone spoke up at the church about her, one of the men who discarded his oath of silence. He broke faith and told the parishioners that she was a being. That there were many families who lost loved ones to them. How this half-crazed woman living alone in the town. Well, it was too much for them. 
The pink blood was something that could not be spared. Even after all these years, the wounds that some carried were far too deep. What did they do to her? Moms are a strange thing. They wanted to burn her like the others. At least that's what I heard. Let her share the same fate as her accursed family. But someone pointed out that she had planted a hairy tree in front of her house as a child. Though honestly, that tree was there before she was born, from what I remember. Some would say that she hanged from her own tree, right there at the edge of Giran. Rope was found and Lily was bound and strung up. They told her why they were killing her, and that she was the product of incense most foul. She pleaded for mercy, and denied that it could be true. But the men of my age, a few older, remember the one child that had been spared by McDougalus. The crowd didn't want her living in the community, didn't want her being left alive wandering in the countryside. You cannot blame them for that, Alistair. Their crime was so great that leaving a drop of being blood alive was something that could not be risked. Despite of her pleas and cries, the rope was pulled taut. She hung from the heavy tree for three days, swinging in the westerly winds. Her body was eventually cut down and buried in the unmarked grave. Oh. That tree died the next year of some sort of root rot. I just say she had cussed it. They cut it down. No one spoke of it. But they say, when the winds of autumn kick in, you can hear Lily's body swaying in the bowls where the tree once stood. So then, lad, when your grandma tells you to eat your grains, or Sonny Bean will get you, she means it. Now then, you get back in there, finish your dinner. The boy nodded nervously, then sprang to the kitchen. Angus leaned back into his chair and pulled his blanket up tighter around his chest. Outside, the winds of autumn were blowing hard. Do you want to hear the Sonny Bean story or not? I want to carry on with the fucking podcast, lad. Oh, fuck you, lad. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> All right, welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Weird History Eerie Tales Podcast. I am your host, Moses Sorry, and with me to my left is my Scottish brother, Josh. What's up, dudes and dudettes? Where's your fucking accent? <laughs> what? Well, I did say Josh, not Agnes. And then sitting directly in front of me is Archie. A.K.A. Alistair. And if you are listening to us That's talking... Me. That means you just finished hearing us talk about or us reenacting the legend of Sonny Bean. This is the first. Yeah, right. This is the first time that we do this. That was really cool. And the last time. It's, it's going to be the first. And, uh, and hard. Dude, fuck you. <laughs> fuck <laughs> you. Hey, we, but most importantly, fuck you for choosing an episode like this. True. So uh, I didn't think it was gonna be this. Dude, I'm two like, time. Wait, uh, yesterday, how long you were editing for? I've done almost nine hours of editing on this episode. For how how many minutes? Thirty, twenty-seven, <laughs> nine hours of editing. Oh god, nine hours of editing. But it's coming out cool. It's came out cool. 
Yeah. But who, who knew that Josh was such a Scottish man? Pulled that one out of my ass. <laughs> what was the word that we kept on? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like it's like how would you pronounce yes in a Scottish accent? It's not like the the, the what is it the seagull yes. from freaking Finding yes. Nemo? Mine. Mine. <laughs> yes. Mine. Yeah, but like you guys obviously heard, you guys have all heard the legend of Sonic Bean and the cannibal and the cannibal family. Are you gonna spill the beans? Oh, well, wow! For the Sonic Bean <laughs> yes, I went there. You're welcome. Yes, you've yeah, been waiting for that fucking low key. I have. I, I, I truly have. <laughs> The reason we did the episode the way we did it is because there's not a lot to talk about in terms of the back story of Sonic Bean, unless you want to get into straight political talk, which is what this show is not about. It's not for us. Yeah, so the thing about the Sonic Bean legend is there's still a split crowd, whether they're saying if it's an actual true story or if it's just a made-up story made up of different events yeah because the legend because all right so the legend of the sonic being like if you already heard it splits into kind of three parts where agnes played uh, played by my brother is telling alistair played by archie who makes a wonderful little scottish boy he's telling the story of the sonic being i look like a scottish boy now <laughs> you look like a little boy when you shave your beard that's true i have no fucking beard so the story is split into three chapters the first chapter is talking about how they how people are going missing up in um the area where the Scotty where the Sonic Bean legend is, which is the city of or the area of Galloway, which is which is like in between Scotland and France. So the so the first chapter is them talking to, is Agnes talking to Alistair about that. The second is about the Sonic Bean actually attacking uh, one of the Kennedys and doing all the mishap and everything. And then during that second chapter is when they go looking for him. And the third tap third chapter is where it resolves and you find out that it's a huge family. They killed all the men, women, and children except for one. And that person, that little kid, ended up getting burned, or no, getting hung. Uh, not like twelve, thirteen years later. So the story is split into three different chapters, mm-hmm. and everything that happened in the story did happen in real life. The only problem is it didn't happen in that specific order, or even in the same era. Like there was a cannibal family that happened in the fifteen hundreds. And there's people getting burned for cannibalistic for cannibalistic things in the 1300s. So there's different things. Where like, yes, everything did happen, but it didn't happen in that order and not even in the same century. Mm-hmm. So people are thinking, so there's a split group of the Sonic Bean legend. Some people are saying it's just propaganda against the Scottish people made up by France. Because the, the area where by the Sonic France? Be- by France. Because they were oh, going shit. through, like, they were going through this, like a little tussle over the land of Galloway. So they're like, fuck it. Let's just spread anti-Scottish propaganda. And during the 1500s, which is where the Sonic Bean story takes place, it's a very Christian play. You know, it's a very Christian era. You Eating people is like a big taboo no-no thing. So if you don't like somebody as a country, you're just like, fuck it. Well, they breed cannibals. Just like, fuck it. And the, and the reason why people believed it is because it was actual events. It was actual cannibals. Like there was actual cannibals in Scotland, even dating as far back as during the Roman era. Like the Romans, when they occupied uh, Scotland, especially that little area of Galloway, they used to use cannibal clans as auxiliaries, as support for their troops. So what they would do is they'd fuck up all these people, and after they take over, you know, they would eat. And these Scottish supporters are like, no, 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 we're good. We'll just eat the people we captured, and they'll eat the people and eat the ears and bones. And people are like, what the fuck? 
And there's other little stories, like cannibal stories that happen around that same too. There's other instances where there was actual, a f- actual family, an actual family made up of cannibals that would attack people in the countryside. And they also got burned at the stake, except for one little kid that ended up surviving. But nine years later, he ended up getting burned. So people still don't know if. What came first? Was it the legend of Sonny Bean? Or was it this cannibal family? Or are they both kind of intertwined with each other when it comes to, you know, the Scottish lores of cannibals? Mm -hmm. So that's like a weird thing, too. And then another thing that's kind of, if that that people are still kind of thinking of debating on whether Sonny Bean is true or not has to do with the, there's a chat book versus a book debate that happened. In the 1500. Basically what chat books are. Are basically one sheet of paper. That they will fold up into eight pieces. And they will just fold it up. And it will be like a little book. That you can just read open. And it's just something cheap to make. And they're saying Sonny Bean came out. In the chat book first. That's where the people started first hearing about Sonny Bean. Mm-hmm. The problem with that being is that, that. Those chat books were meant to be just straight. Stories. It's just basically. There were the early Scottish version of Penny Dreadfuls or Pulp magazines. Just scary stories meant for weird people. Mm. And that's kind of a thorn on people's sides who actually think that Sonny Bean was true. Because if it appeared in a chat book, that means it was a story made up and then people just ran with it. Mm-hmm. Then there's a, the other side of the debate where it's like, no, the Sonny Bean story came out on an actual book. And people back then... Didn't write bullshit on books. People, if it was on a book, it was true because it was expensive to write. And I was going to spend money on bullshit stories. So there's that chat book versus book debate. So depending on what side of of where you stand or whether it's real or not, you kind of go for the chat book. If you think Sonny Bean's a story made up a bunch of bullshit or if you're a historian (laughs) that believe it's actually true, then you kind of side on the book side of that of that argument. And then the thing that is cr- that when people are looking into the Sonny Bean story, there was actually no one named Sonny Bean. Or at least there's no record of any Sonny Beans mm-hmm. living in that era. They just said family of cannibals. They're just family of cannibals. And then not even then, like during the area during the era where the Sonny Bean story takes place, which is in the late fifteen hundreds, early sixteen hundreds, there was no bean family. There was Bean people, like an elderly lady named Bean, but she was alone by herself. It's quite possible that there possibly was a Sonny Bean and Alexander Bean, but there was just no record of it. Mm -hmm. And the only time people we find records is of people named Alexander or Monet or Janet Bean. And sometimes the Bean spelled like Bane, but pronounced Bean. Mm -hmm. But those records are of the mid 1600s and later. Still and post. It's post after the where the story takes place. So there's still that whole debate if it's true or if it's not. And that's like one of the things that I wanted to talk about too. Well, that we're talking about. Because outside of that little discussion, it just gets into a whole political thing where it's like France just made up a story against Scotland, against the Scottish Empire or the Scottish nation just to make them look bad during this bid for land and the Christian the Christian church and there's a bunch of things that go in and out of it that people think that that's why the Sonny that Sonny Bean is one of the things that, that this French used against the Scots. Mm. 
It's just like, fuck it. Let's just say there are a bunch of cannibals over there, and we'll just leave it at that, and the story will run with it. Because if you're trying to migrate, you're trying to do something, you're not going to go to land where, there's, where you get attacked by fucking cannibals. Correct. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, fuck that. So that's one of the things about the whole Sonic Bean thing. That's kind of like, oh, shit. That's crazy. It almost... After hearing or after doing, you know, the little storytelling thing, I almost thought that this was that this story, this legend came up as like kind of boogeyman, kukui type of thing where you say the story to the little kids to scare the shit out of them so that way they could, you know, in this case, eat their greens. Not Well, I mean, that's the way it was used. That's the way it's used. Yeah. But there's still a scholar, scholarly debate of like whether it's, Actual, if it was actual, based on a true story, uh-huh. based on true events, or if it was just a made-up boogeyman story, mm-hmm. that's one of the things too. It's pretty fucking dope. I didn't know you actually brought it to my attention that it's because of this story that movies like The Hills Have Eyes came to be. I have yet to watch the movie. I remember seeing clips of the movie. I don't think I'm ever gonna want to see the movie. This shit's fucking horrifying, dude. The the I haven't I have I couldn't watch the original West Craven one. That was it's too slow for me. It's like yeah. I but there's a remake that wouldn't happen a few maybe like 15 years ago, maybe that maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. The the Hills Have Eyes one. Yeah. That one that would that's a dope ass movie. It really is. And they kind of and the Sonic Bean, um, according to West Craven, it wasn't an outright. Like he says it's not an outright inspiration, but it was like, oh, that's kind of a neat thing. Let me fuck with it. Yeah. yeah. But if you look at the whole Hills Have Eyes thing, it's the it's the exact same story. All he did is just take Sonny Bean and take him take him out from a cave that's you know that's flooded by water and just put him in the desert. That's yeah. the only thing he did. But it, according to him, it's just like, oh, it's just a, it's cool, but that's not my inspiration. But it's basically the same story. It's about a family of cannibals, and 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 for him. I think he uses the nuclear, like a nuclear thing. Yeah, That's yeah. why they came out looking deformed. And uh-huh. Sonic Bean thing, it's it has to do with like generate, like gen- generational incest. Yeah, yeah. So that's like one of the differences things too. And like Sonic Bean, like it's low. I mean, it is low key because a lot of people don't know about it. But it's influenced or it's given little things here and there, like the cha- like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. It's not an outright Sonic Bean movie. But it lends to the, the whole, oh, here's a cannibal family, and they, and they eat people. Mm-hmm. That kind of borrowed from the Hills Have Eyes thing, and the Hills Have Eyes kind of borrowed from the Sonic Bean thing. And Sonic Bean's kind of lent out influence influences throughout. Like, there's a band called the Sonic Beans. What is a band? Yeah, but it's from, like, the 70s. Like, a hip, like uh, I think it's, like, some sort of, like, hippie 70s band. Just called the Sonic Beans. Fuck. There's a comic that came out in the 80s. There's a movie that actually came out too. I forgot. I think oh, it's early two yeah. thousands. Yeah, but they complete. They just use the Sonic Bean name. It's completely changed the story. It's like this crazy psycho killer or something. Oh, garbage. but one of the things I did want to mention is that the source for the episode and for the legend itself that we that actually scripted out and used for the source of this episode is from a book by Blaine L. Pardo, and it's called "The Sonic Bean Dissecting the Legend of the Scottish Cannibal." That book is like I've I said. I say this about every book that I've read that I use for this podcast, but it's true because this, that's why I use the book. It's fucking amazing, and he and he tells and um, he tells that in the book he says he's been writing this book I think for almost a decade. He went because there's no like he has to look you know he has to literally 
Like, you just can't go to, like, oh, Wikipedia, let me look up everything up. No, he had he lives in Scotland, so he kind of, you know, he has, he has the benefit of locale. Yeah. But he's able to visit some of these places. And he has chapters. Because another thing, too, that people don't believe, that people that goes against the sound of being, being true is the whole cave thing. Like, where they mention, like, the cave. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Ben and Head. There is a Ben and Head cave. And there's a video on YouTube where they go inside the Ben and Head cave. There's an actual cave in Ben and Head. It's like a 10-minute video. And it's it's crazy because you have to squeeze you have to squeeze yourself, but it's not that big. It's maybe a little. It looks like maybe it's small. Like from the from the from the beginning of the cave to the entrance, it's probably smaller than the studio. And the and the cave starts out thin and winding, and then expands into a room. And there's there's no way forty people could live there. And if they are, they were sleeping on top of each other mm-hmm. in that Bannon Head cave. That's another thing that goes against it, like. Where the where the story where the where the people say it happened, it's kind of far away from all the other locales from like Galloway, and where the fair took place. Those are miles and miles, like days away from the ben, from Ben and Head Cave. So there's no way the locale kind of fits together. Like the Kennedys are gonna go from one place to another. So that means they're gonna travel a week away just to go to a fair on horse. That doesn't make any sense, you know. Like there's things like that, like like locale thing that changes. That doesn't make any sense. And that's what he talks about. And he dedicates a whole chapter saying, from what I was, from, from what I took from the book, I think he thinks it's just a made-up story made up from different events. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, like, oh, this is where one of the caves where they might have, the story might have taken place that comes up here. Oh, you travel five miles up north, and this is another possible location. And this is why. And he talks about why he thinks it's this cave. Because he talks about, like, oh, in the legend, they talk about this, 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 and that. And then by this cave, they don't have this, this, but they do have that. And then he goes to the other cave, like, oh, in this cave, they do have this, this that the other cave didn't have, but it doesn't have that. So there's different things where he oh, goes and, and explains to it, pieces things together, and then he talks about the political side of the whole Sonny Bean story, how it's propaganda, and how in the book they mentioned Jane, uh, King Jamie the Sixth, right? They mentioned King yeah. Jamie the Sixth, but I, I think in his book he talks about like no, King Jamie the Sixth was like a few, like a few hundred years before or a hundred few years after. So that means if this did happen, if if it was during the King Jamie thing, then this probably didn't happen because by then this had changed. So there's a lot of different things where he kind of pulls things together and says, like, yeah, this kind of feels like it's a made-up story. And it's one of those made-up stories that it gets passed down from generation to generation. And every time it gets passed down from a generation, a to, to make it more believable, to make it more believable, they add their own spin on it. Like, yeah. oh, it wasn't on this cave. It was this cave. Why does it make sense? Because in today, this cave is a lot closer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so they... Go ahead and change things and change the you know change the legend up and down, and again it's called Sonny Bean dissecting the legend of the Scottish cannibal and it's by Blaine L. Pardo and I'm gonna place the um, book or you can purchase the book on Amazon and things like that on the show's show notes. Mm-hmm. So in case you guys want to read it, please do. He does his fucking research, unlike us. This dude does his fucking hey, research. Hey, shut the fuck uh, up! Man. Shut up! There Stupid. goes our credibility. Oh our, re- our, re- our research is copying people who did their research. It's, We're still it's doing our research. Asshole. Yeah, like oh, like yeah. Blaine, like Blaine El Pardo. Oh unlike gosh. Hitler. Unlike Hitler. Oh, Speaking of unlike Hitler, one of the things that I thought was really fucking interesting about this when I read through and I got this info from historicuk.com. Where they basically give you an overview of the of the Sunday Bean legend, and in it, I didn't know that 
this fucking this, this family went on their rampage for 25 fucking years without getting caught. Yeah, the Sardar Bean story. It, Twenty-five years. It's a twenty. It's a twenty-five-year thing. I was like, what how many bodies did he count fuck? missing? It was over um, a thousand. Yeah, a thousand over a thousand. A thousand. It's yeah. What? A thousand. A thousand. It's yeah. All, yeah I, I think it reaches almost a thousand because yeah. I'm in the legend. Remember, you go on to say first start off tens, then hundreds, and then, oh yeah, and then you say then thousands, the one yeah, mm. a couple and tens, tens. and mm-hmm. yeah, and hundreds. Yeah, twenty-five years, and. I think the only reason why they were caught was it was mentioned in the story, you know, that one survivor ran off and yeah. and went out to like let let the village know like, Hey, this fucking family almost killed me, ate my wife. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, they would have never gotten they caught. And then even then they almost didn't get caught, except it just all happened because the tide was high when they were yeah. looking for them. It uh-huh. just happened for those fucking bloodhounds that ended up finding the scent uh-huh. and going in that cave and that and even even my brother was like, "What the fuck?" We were recording that scene, yeah. and he was reading the script. He was like, "Holy shit!" I wish I could like just imagine the fucking smell of that place. <clears throat> but I mean, they got no sewer system back in the day. I mean, they, were they by- got they got used to those smells. Yeah, like, they yeah. did. Maybe it's like yeah, the other, yeah, that might have been like no stuff. Like you know what? This cave smells better than my my freaking home. Shit. But yeah. 25 years. Not because of freaking high tide in the cave covering yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, the whole backstory of Sonny Bean, of Alexander Bean, um, he was a poor guy and he wanted to marry his wife. Mm-hmm. And his wife was like, Oh, I-, I love you too. But she was of wealth. And her family's like, No, you can't marry this fucking poor bastard. What the fuck are you doing? You got to marry into money. That's how shit goes. So she's like, nope, nope, I love him, la, 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 la. And they actually ended up running away. Uh-huh. They were not with no money. I mean, this was in the early 1500s, maybe, you know. So people were living in shit anyways. So he was just like, fuck it, let's just find out where we are. And then they found Ben and Head Cave, where he's had an example. They found that cave. They're like, fuck, like, let's stay here for now. And they were eating berries. They were eating shit here and there. Mm-hmm. And... They started killing people at first just for the, the whatever they were carrying or whatever, right? So they could go yeah. in and sell. And at first it would work. They'll steal people, they'll steal people shit and they'll go into the town. But after a while, people are like, where the fuck are you guys getting all this shit? And then after a while, to me, a lot of people are coming in the city. Have you guys seen these people? These people were traveling over here and we haven't heard from them. I'm like, no, we haven't seen them. And then someone was asking about somebody and they're like, wait, where'd you get that necklace? Oh, someone sold it to us. And because the person I'm looking for has a necklace that looked exactly like that. Where'd you get that? Someone sold it to us. eBay. So, so the next time these people came, so the, so the next time Sonny and his wife came in, the people were like, no, 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 get the fuck out of here. We know you guys are up to no good. This ain't shit. So they're like, fuck. So instead of going, instead of fucking off and going like, fuck it, let's find a new spot, his, his, the, the rich lady was like, hey, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. I've eaten people before. And he was like, what the fuck? She's like, I've eaten, I've eaten human. And it, it's not that bad. It tastes like chicken. She's like, it's not that bad. And he's like, are you fucking serious? And she's like, yeah, it's not that bad. He's like, well, fuck it. Let's give it a try. And the next person they got, they killed. And they ended up eating them. And he's like, you know what? It's not that bad. With some A1 sauce and we good, son. It's not that bad. And eventually they started, they had a kid, two kids, three kids. 
those kids got up older and then he started having sex with his daughters the mother started having sex with the kids and then it was just this whole ancestral thing that over a span of 25 years it would just go and terrorize the galloway countryside and just start fucking people up and like my brother said it like my brother read it in the in the thing when they walked into the caves they found coins gold silver swords guns everything because to them none of that shit had any value they just mm-hmm. wanted to eat the shit out of these people and that's what they ended up doing just cannibalizing these people and terrorizing the countryside of scotland for the better half for the for the better part of 25 years until they messed with the wrong fucking kennedy true and they i mean they murdered his wife but if it weren't for him who knows how long they could have you know they could have and then not even that like with with the you know the disease and all that shit that's happening around how, how the fuck did they even survive that long still being alive I mean, it's probably had to do with your immune system. They're eating shit for so long. That the immune system boosted yeah, up. Yeah, it's like, fuck. <laughs> like, you know, you are what you eat. Was, yeah, and they're, they're eating shit worse than that. People. Yeah. Taking their life force, bro. Yeah. <laughs> now, then, go on. No, go, go. No, go on, go on. Because I heard another story. I was doing my research about the origin of uh, Alexander Bean. Mm-hmm. So he was technically born in East Lothian in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Right, he was raised in the agricultural family, poor, like you said, and uh, like like every serial killer and every fucking cynical fuck, there's always domestic violence. So he got beaten by his father because he wasn't good enough son. Mm-hmm. So blah, blah blah. And then um, Alexander got older, and then he was like, "Fuck yeah, I want to make my dad proud." So he joined the workforce, and, uh, started working labor <clears throat> and peers, whatever, and he failed at that due to his. Bad fucking attitude, his shitty work ethics. So uh, he's like, fuck it, fuck you, fuck you. And he just gave up in his community and peers, right? And at that time, he uh, he was in a relationship with uh, Agnes uh, Douglas. Uh, that's her name, the wife. But it didn't say she was rich. But at that time, soon soon enough, they both ran away. And they ran away, according to this uh, uh, story, is because Agnes Douglas was accused of being a witch. She was accused of being a witch, and they claimed of her the locals. High Catholic yeah, yeah, society, you yeah, better so, run so, the so, fuck away. So, so they claimed that that Agnes Douglas was was doing human sacrifices and invocation. So she was summoning demons, stuff like yeah. that, according to that. So they both ran away. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That kind of makes sense. So they ran away, and they're traveling along, and um, that's when Alexander had his first taste of humans. So they were uh, traveling towards the southern. Uh, regions of of Scotland, and uh, so they were looting people. They're robbing them and looting until it got to the point of starvation. Right? They were hungry, and they didn't want to risk selling the loot and all that because they're felons to the nearby villages, whatever. So she's like, "Hey, well, it's like you said, I've eaten human flesh, which ties in with the witch, the witchcraft, yeah. whatever, blah blah." And then he's all right. Fuck it, we're doing this. We're only doing this when we need to eat. So instead of hunting packs or killing two or three, they'll only kill one and then take the full body and whatever they have to their their thing. Yeah. And then traveling along, that's when they ended up in um, the coast of Ayrshire, yeah. which is Ben and Head, that cave. Yeah. And they found the cave. Like, fuck, it's perfect hideout, perfect stuff. Um, um, let's start. And that's with the origin of the family. So they oh, start robbing, shit. killing that, putting to the cave. And then they had kids. So they had uh, what eight sons, six daughters, 
It, yeah, and it from was, there, they like, had 14. They said 48 in the Bean family. Yeah, so then they have 14 Fuck. grandsons and then 16 granddaughters or vice versa. Some, yeah, it was something something crazy like that. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, that's my grandpa and also my dad. You're like, what? Like, it's my daughter, grandchild. Like, what? Oh. I was like, fuck, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and like I mentioned, like I was, I was mentioning earlier, like, Scotland was no straight. I actually like that backstory way more. Right? That one's yeah. way. Uh, Everything links up. Per- yeah. Bro, you, you, you adding your own freaking coin to the pond? Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. Yeah, but like like I was mentioning earlier. State Scot- your source. Like Scotland was <laughs> like <laughs> Scotland was no it was no stranger to cannibals and cannibal like cannibalism. Like when I mentioned earlier about the Romans, that tribe was called the Atacoti. The Atacoti. That's what these Scot- Scottish what the Scottish tribe was called. Can you use that sentence? The Atacoti ate the shit out of people. <laughs> and they literally did. Like they were basically the Roman support. Like they were <laughs> like 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 they were Roman support and that's what they did. They go they went ahead and just while well, they fucked everybody up. Romans all right, well let's kidnap them and let's eat the sheep and let's eat all this shit and they're like, No, 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 we're good. We'll just just give us those three people. Like we're like, we're good. Like that happened. And then also I think yeah, it was like in th- like in the thirteen thirty nine in uh, in Perth, there was actual there was famine in Scotland. Like there was an actual famine in Scotland, and it talks about a uh, a couple that what just went around killing people, strangulating them, and then eating them. Like that was their f- source of food. So that kind of ties into like the whole uh, maybe maybe Sodom Bean isn't real. Maybe it's just stories. And then even like two years later after that. There was a man named um, Fiendus Den, and him and his wife, they went out and hunted people and ate them. Like, that was their thing. And they got caught. And they all got burned. Except for one. That one was adopted. But when they find out that this was a Den kid, burn them at the stage. They burned them too. And that's another whole, like, it's a parallel. It's exactly the Son of Bean story. Yeah. It's a wife. They were eating people. They got caught. Everyone got burned except for one kid. That kid survived, and they find out who the kid was. He ended up hanging them. And then, one. And then there's also about a, a butcher. Like it was this butcher. Well, they called him the Scottish butcher because he was in charge of a platoon. And while they were out, they were they were starving. They couldn't they couldn't eat anything. And one of their men ended up dying. And without telling anybody, he was like, "Fuck, we're gonna die." And he ended up cooking the, the dead person. Everyone's like, holy shit, this is good. And he kept feeding him for a while until there was no more body. And then he's like, oh, well, you know, it was somebody, you know, it was something, it was this guy. And they're like, holy shit, that Special. dude was bomb. And they became a whole cannibal thing. They're like, he just got addicted to it. And there's something about eating meat that they can't prove it. It's not proven, but it happened time and time again where once you start eating meat, something like clicks and you just kind of get like, a feverish response to it where you're just like always thirsty for it. That's what ended up happening to the Scottish budget. So, so once you got a, a taste of it, it's all you want. Yeah. And that's basically it. <sighs> a deep sigh. Wow, that was that was sink. That was insane. That was a deep sigh. That was insane. So we got this was a fun as episode in theory. <laughs> in theory. It was I mean it was cool, except you know it just shit just didn't plan out right. Timing schedule, which is why I had to. This almost took a fucking month. I'm, I'm, I'm almost ten hours into it. 
like editing. I still need a little bit here and there. It's gonna go up tonight because you're hearing it, but it's gonna go up tonight. You know what I mean? And that's the and that's the, the like. It's cool and it's worth it, and you know, it's dope. I don't think I'll ever do this again. <laughs> and it was like, so hard. Teach me, bro. Fucking <laughs> script. This is this is dope. I'll be down to do another one. Teach me. It's just moving shit around. That's basically it. Yeah. And then the reason why I thought it was, I was like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm gonna get the hang of this, is because that one show that I mentioned during the zombie apocalypse episode, the War Alive show. This is basically what they did, oh, except there's right. like nine people. And he had, I was like, I've listened to enough for, I've listened to World Life two times over already. I'm pretty sure I could do it. Nope. Now I understand why he had interned, why, 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 yeah, no, it's, it's very time consuming. Cause when I, when I would do montage videos, it's the exact same thing, except I would just use one audio clip instead of having to mash a bunch of them. I mean, that's, that was the biggest thing. Cause we, we all had to record our lines separately. Yeah. Cause my brother, he went off to Utah. You were still in school. And I was like, fuck it. I'll record in between things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was the bulk of it. Like that took like two weeks of record to get, just to get us, everyone's like lines done. Mm-hmm. But you know, shit happens. And it's the Sonic Beat Star. <laughs> like the Sonic Beat Star. I mean, it's cool. I liked it. I liked it a lot. If I'm, and if, if we're ever going to do something like this again, I'm going to have to plan it out months in advance and just start doing it little by little. Or have someone else help me with the editing, you know what I mean? Yeah. I have someone do this while I do this. But that's, like, that's kind of the hard part. So if you guys don't have anything else to add, we're just going to end the episode there. Hope you guys enjoyed this tedious labor of love. <laughs> it was, I mean, it, it's fun as shit. It, it really was. It's fun as shit. It's just the editing thing that kicked me in the nuts. It kicked me straight in the fucking teeth. I didn't think it was going to be this much work. But, you know. That's my fault. Surprise. Live and learn. Yeah, yeah, you do. And I'm learning never to do one like this again. <laughs> but aside from this, is there anything else you guys want to add? Remember to eat your greens, lad. <laughs> Come on, Alistair, I'm waiting on you. Come on, hurry up, stupid. Remember to eat your fucking greens, lad. He hung them to eat. <laughs> and with that, we're going to end the episode. And like always, we are the Weird History, Eerie Tales Podcast. Yeah. Oh.